to Appetite for Production. It's the audacity of music production podcasts. Isn't that right, Timmy? Yes, it's free and open source. Except uh, we encourage you to send us money. I don't think Audacity do that, do they? No, no, no. They've got a lot more sort of moral fortitude than we have. Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome to a moral-free zone, guys. How have you been recently, Timmy? Oh, hang on a second. Oh, I'm, do you know what? Fuck it. These headphones are pissing me off. Um, Why don't you just stick your phone to your face like a 20th century badass? No, because that sucks. And you get audio leakage and everything. It would be... The only thing you get is sweat on your phone. Yeah, also, you're uh, frying your brain with uh, uh, 5G microwaves at the same time as well and making yourself infertile as a result of that. I'm not phoning with my dick. It sure sounds like it, mate. <laughs> Let's get on with the show. Let's do a podcast. Let me tell you what I've been doing, James. As you know, I'm a big fan of literature, aren't I? Well, yeah, I mean, I think uh, you are constantly raving about uh, Dostoevsky's. <laughs> your, uh, uh, who else is an author? Um, your James Joyce's. I've never read any jo- James Joyce. I think I tried to read some Dostoevsky once. It did not last very long, mate. Let me tell you that. Mm. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm not much of a reader, um, but... I do get excited when certain thing certain things happen. And this week, 50 Cent has released his self-help book, James, combining two of my favourite things in the world, right? Oh my God, the, the, the literary world must be uh, on fire right now. Hell yeah, baby. Well, this has never happened before, apart from 50 Cent did co-author a book previously that I thought I might have talked about on the podcast, but I don't know if I had, um, with Robert Greene, the uh, author of The 48 Laws of Power. Have you ever encountered this book, James? The 48 Laws I of Power? I don't think we've ever talked about it on the podcast. I've, I definitely, I think I've encountered it before because I. it sounds very much like a book that I encountered when someone in front of me on a plane was reading it and I kept looking over his shoulder uh, thinking what a douchebag he was. Um, yes, it it is a book for douchebags, James. I've read it myself. Um, and uh, yeah, it's basically... You, the thing is, you could you could take it a few ways. You could just read it and take it without any pinches of salt and just become a sociopath um, dickbag and massively successful. Um, or you can c- try and take a more kind of a constructive, positive approach to it, which is what I thought I did. What I, thought I, did. I, I know Calvin Harris has a tattoo of one of the laws on his life. Like forearm or something, basically, oh, and he's he's enormously successful, mate. So don't knock it. Basically, uh, just like you. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I very well. Me and Calvin Harris are very similar because we both started with Octomed. Um, we have both made rave music, and we're both irresistible to women, mate. So mm-hmm. me and me and him are not so different as you might think. Um, so yeah, and and uh, so Fifty Cent's book with Robert Greene. Uh, it's called the 50th law and it's basically <laughs> just talks about a bunch of kind of like business tips from a kind of hood perspective on uh 50s part basically and i read that as well mate and you know i uh, i took them both with a pinch of salt and i i enjoyed reading them quite a lot now this new book james is just a straight up 50 cent self-help book okay so it's not, it's not not tips such as don't let the crips get you get sort of stuff it's it's a proper no it's a no it's a legit straight up self-help book it isn't like it isn't really it's not too hood or whatever i mean how do you imagine how before before i discuss it uh how do you what do you imagine it to be like knowing that 50 cent has written a self-help book what what is your first instinct as to what it might contain i mean and what the, what the tone is the man has been shot several times right yeah, he, there was a shooting incident where I believe he was shot nine times, which sounds yeah, I, fucking horrible. Perhaps it could be, um, perhaps that could be some of the advice, you know, how to either uh, pr- protect yourself from being shot in the first place, or should that fail, maybe perhaps, you know, uh, how to survive getting shot nine times. That, that That's the kind of guy who should be giving that kind of advice. No, it's not really like that at all, James. Um, I've Is it inspirational, hippy-dippy, claptrap? woo-woo sort of love yourself be your best life kind of shit 
you're more on point with that, to be honest, mate. How, how many, how many um, platitudes are we talking here? No, nothing. No, nothing like that. It's just, it's just legit, straight up, no nonsense or whatever. But the deal with Fifty Cent is he doesn't smoke and he doesn't drink, mate. No, Would you believe? No, Contrary. No, he- to his no. public uh, public persona. It's, it's, it's not true. It's not true, Tim. We all smoke. We all drink. It's just <laughs> what we do. No, no. Successful people don't smoke or drink. And he loves no. working all the time and doing mean, work. When you say successful people, do you mean sociopaths who have no yes. emotions? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> That's what you've got to be to be successful. You Like, emotions just get in the way of that. I mean, I think that's... That's that's common sense, surely. Yeah, yeah, everyone knows that. He advocates getting more sleep in the book, even though he doesn't sleep that much himself. He wants to try and get more sleep. And he doesn't like to eat <laughs> carbs, right? And right. Sounds like a man after my own heart. Likes to sleep, doesn't like carbs. I, I basically, we're the same person. No, totally. I was thinking, I'm getting pretty on board with 50 cents at this point or whatever. I feel like I'm really seeing eye to eye with him. And then, mate... He brings up the topic of vision boards, which he very strongly advocates. Now, I've done a vision board, mate, in real life, unironically. So um, I am, I'm basically, I've become even more of a 50 Cent fan from reading this, basically. Now, James, I can't imagine you were the sort of person to do a vision board. Uh, You imagine absolutely correctly. I hardly even know what one is, but I can imagine it's not for me. I'm pretty sure you can extrapolate it from the name, basically, mate. Come on. (laughs) What do you imagine a vision board to be? I imagine it's all the things you want from your life and you write them down and draw them and make them come true. Yes, yes, totally. Um but it's you um you can just write them down, but I think these days most people just get like a load of pictures off the internet. I think cutting it out of magazines would be the old school way of doing it. We could have say a picture of a group of 10 people and that would stand for get 10 podcast listeners. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah, that would work. So, are you suggesting we should do an A four P vision board to try and actualize some uh, some sociopathic success for ourselves? I think that's probably the best way to go about growing this podcast. Mm, yeah, we do need to grow it, mates. I mean, it's 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 perfectly formed, but small. It's adorable, I think. Um, so anyway, I I recommend this 50 Cent book. I haven't finished it yet. So um, I'm going to do that, obviously, because I want to know what other words of wisdom he's got. So maybe we'll hear some more from 50 at some point. And then are you going to give it to me so I can uh, have a good look at it? And no, I don't buy actual physical books, James. I'm not a caveman. I, I listen to audiobooks on my phone because I'm a busy man. You missed that part out. Now who's uh, narrating the audiobook? It's 50 Cent, baby. So oh, you can, yeah. Sweet. Yeah, of course, mate. Of course. Um, the only the only audiobook that I've listened to that wasn't narrated by its author was the Arnold Schwarzenegger autobiography, oh. where he only does the first and last chapters. But the book's 24 hours long, man. He does not have time for that, man. It's too much. He probably didn't even write it, so you know. So you, yeah, like you said at the start, you really do love literature. I mean, you've read the Fifty Cent book, you've read uh, Forty Eight Rules to Power, you have read the Schwarzenegger book. Yeah, fifty, the fiftieth law, the Schwarzenegger book. I own the R. Kelly book, um, <laughs> but there's no audio book version of that, and I imagine now there likely never will be. Is it a bit muffled? Um, so I probably won't read it unless, like, the thing is, you you'd have thought that's like something I would have done under lockdown would be like read my copy of Solar Coaster by R. Kelly, um, but no, it hasn't happened. But I am really interested in it, and you know, <laughs> I think he's a I think he's a person we could probably learn quite a few lessons from just you know generally as a society um so you you haven't read it but you're very interested in it i am very interested in it i mean i've read the first chapter and it like it talks about the awful shit that happened to him when he was a kid so it's kind of you know you know i think i think i would probably just even feel even worse for r r kelly if uh if i did read it so i probably won't read it um i would recommend this 50 cent self help book which is called um hustle harder 
Hustle smarter, by the way. Um, I would recommend it. I would warn you, though, he's quite self-aggrandizing, basically, uh, if you can imagine such a thing. That doesn't sound like him. I know, man. He's always he's always had a thing for being humble. 50 humble cents, they call him. Have let me ask you let me ask you, James, while we're talking about 50 cents, have you played either of the 50 cent games, 50 cent bulletproof or 50 cent blood in the sands? No, I didn't know they existed. Are they, uh, I, I assume you have. Uh, yeah, I've played a little bit of both of them. The first one is a not great PS2 shooty game. Is the second one like Blood in the Sand? I'd imagine that's like Blood a on the sand, holiday, holiday shooter map. Well, basically, okay, so the, the plot of Blood in the Sand or Blood on the Sand or whatever it is, is, is 50 Cent and the G-Unit uh, in the Middle East performing a concert. <laughs> Um, and they've been promised payments in form in the form of like a crystal skull. Um, unfortunately, the the to- uh, the gangster promoter of the uh, concert reneges on his promises and welches on the deal. And Fifty Cent and the G Unit have to go on a you know a body blood soaked rampage throughout the Middle East to get it back, basically. And it's yeah. from it's from the it's from the like the I think it's like Xbox Three Sixty era of games. I think where everything is just like it's like totally ape shit, and we hadn't really got woke yet, basically. So you know, it's pretty pretty interesting artifact. That's something I'd I'd very much like to uh, invest in. Uh, you know, like you said, he's a successful businessman, so I'm sure his games are of the highest quality to strengthen his brand. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's what business is all about. It's about making the best best possible product, and you know that will naturally lead you to the to the most profits. That's how business works, right? Yeah. Sick. Bit of uh, Massive X news for you now, Timmy. Okay. Now you'll remember that when Massive X came out, it uh, had what people basically agreed on was not enough presets whatsoever by any stretch at all. Hardly any presets. Goodbye, need more presets, Massive X. Yes, um, it seemed like we weren't really quite getting what you'd expect from such a landmark product. Yeah, no bang for the book. Um, and and then they, they, they made an update and they changed some things and they added more presets. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, but now Native Instruments have released three new expansions, uh, each, con- each containing 150 presets for Massive. Um, I mean, 150 in these days of just like information overload doesn't sound that much. But I suppose when you think back in the day, a synth, a hardware synth you might have bought might have had zero or, you know, 128 Mm. presets. It's pretty reasonable, I guess. I guess so. The expansions each cost 25 UK clams or all three for 50 UK clams. Okay. Which brings the clam cost <laughs> per preset. Oh, you get about six presets per UK clam, basically. Okay. I mean, considering how this synth is well known for having uh, embarrassed the company without uh, having many presets, is it a bit cynical to start releasing uh, preset packs commercially now? Um, I mean, the thing is, I don't know a lot about Native Instruments' business. I mean, you'd think you might have wanted to drop these as, quote-unquote, free DLC or whatever to get your people back on site. I mean, I suppose <laughs> with the price drop, so that's a price drop of 45 quid. So if you're buying the synth new you're getting everything for just a fiver over the old price. Actually, it's kind of bad because new users are getting a better deal than the early sporters. But early adopters always seem to get a shit deal, basically. Do you know what I mean? So Yeah, uh, well, if if anyone uh, owned complete uh, the last version of Oh, are these incomplete? Oh, yeah, okay, okay. They would have got it for free. And I assume these expansions will probably get a, included in the next uh, version of Complete, which is in under two years. Um, mm. Feels like a lot to me. Uh, I know presets are obviously, you know, there are pro patch designers who uh, do a lot of work for these things. But it mm. feels like I, d- I don't mind the uh, six presets for, per clam uh, rate, mm. but I, I don't know if I'm on board with the 150 presets only rate. 
Yeah, I mean, hmm. That's the thing is, you're getting 450 patches for 50 quid, which, depending on the quality, isn't bad. And so it says in this article I'm looking at, new users get Massive X plus the three expansions for 129 mm. quid. Yes. Each purchase will include the new expansions too. Wow. So new purchases are getting a much, much better deal than early adopters here, basically. it's a, it's a, a, I guess it's a great deal if you're buying it now for 129 quid. But if you rushed out to buy it when it first came out, I think, I think you could be reasonably miffed by this development. Exactly. So if you get it new now, you get it with the expansions. And this is just basically a tax on the suckers who had the confidence to buy it in the past. I just think I think people who early adopt just keep getting screwed over, and I've I've never really been much of an early adopter, but it makes me and it's like times when I've bought things like real new, they generally haven't really worked out very well or whatever. I own a Sega Dreamcast and a Nintendo GameCube, James. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, so uh, yeah, they, that didn't really work out very well for me. Um, so yeah, I feel like this is just just going to prejudice people more against pre-ordering stuff. You know, I want to buy more patches. I would rather because the thing is, these days I find it much more convenient than to trawl through my multi, multi, multi gigabyte sample library. Um, sometimes, if I want a sound um, that I know I can get quick in Splice, I'll just use Splice. I got three thousand flipping credits on the flipping thing, mate. I'm gonna save myself some time. What I want is that for patches. I would rather not have to cycle through every single patch in every single instrument i own to find the right one i want to be i want a way that i can say okay i want this sound give it make it for me and deliver it to me and i'll pay money for it what do you think about that i think that's quite good it's, it's somewhat the idea they got with their uh, native instruments com complete control stuff except you can't uh, buy new ones via it but just demoing patches regardless of the synth that you're mm. actually using that's cool. That's patches you already own, yeah. So I guess they'd be, if, they, if they could integrate, maybe there was an NKS thing where you could like preview patches and then buy them. Now you're talking, buddy. Yeah, sounds good. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, okay, okay. Here, here's how it works, right? So rather than loading up fucking Arteria Dupe 8 or whatever it's called and saying, okay, I want a lead in this, you say, okay, uh, complete control. I want I want a shit hot flipping uh, G-Funk lead. I don't care what synth it's in. Just sell me something in NKS format that sounds sick. And then it's like, okay, here's the G-Funk leads. You're like, okay, this one sounds ideal. Um, have some money for it. And we can make some music and everyone has a nice time. What about that? You got it. We need to be agnostic when it comes to samples, presets, sounds. They all need to be one big thing and uh, we need to be able to buy them. Yeah, I don't, give, I don't give a fuck anymore, basically. I'll just use any old shit these days, basically as well um yeah it would be it would be nice to to have like a more sort of open approach to this stuff i mean you can buy patches on uh splice as well but n it tends to be like robot noises for serum and not the sort of thing that i really want like edm big big room edm leads and stuff not the sort of stuff i want yeah like sounds that make you cry which is what i'm after <laughs> well I mean, you've got plenty of those in your own uh your own oh you know it baby mm -hmm. <laughs> okay so um so let's let's wrap, uh, wrap up about massive x then shall we yeah i think it's pretty <sighs> I mean, I can see where they're coming from. They're like, okay, we can, we've got these extra patches and uh, we're going to sweeten the deal for anyone who buys it new. And anyone who's already bought it, well, they can just pay loads of money for them. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know. I, I think if you're going to do that, then you've got to keep the price down and you'll probably end up selling a few. I mean, it seems weird that they'd give it away to new users. So literally the only market <laughs> for this is people who've already bought Massive X. <laughs> yeah. What you want is to see how many pen pipe patches there are and choose which pack you're getting based on that. Oh, yes, absolutely. And do you know what? You can make your own. I made my own pan pipe in Massive X anyway, mate, as you know. So uh, I'm really pan piped up. So it's fine.
Okay, so James, you want to know what else I've been up to? Uh, please tell me everything. Everything now. I have, I think I mentioned it last time, I wrote an article on FM again. Well, now I've written about FM again, again. I've done a slightly more advanced FM tutorial. You didn't, using... actually, you didn't actually say anything about this last time at all. Did I not? I yeah. mate, my short-term memory mysteriously has completely vanished recently. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I've been writing some articles about doing frequency modulation synthesis with Dext. You know what Dext is, don't you, James? Tell the people. Yeah, Dext. Dext is the lovely sort of. I mean, is it literally based on a DX7? It's a freeware uh, frequency modulation FM synth. Yeah, it's a freeware DX7 clone. I believe it's not absolutely perfect in every regard, but you can. Um, like in terms of functionality, but you can use it as a DX7 patch librarian yeah. um, and like do sysx stuff with it in some kind of way. So yeah, so it's pretty, pretty flipping good. And it will, and you can download like the original DX7 ROMs off mm -hmm. the internet and play all those lovely DX7 presets, which are flipping great, some of them, man. Like they still sound absolutely blinding. So uh, I highly, I highly advise giving that a go. And FM8 can load them as well, by the way. Do they do they sound great for today's time, or do they uh, are they still of their time? Oh, they, you know they they ha you know they have a really you know they they do hark you back to the eighties and nineties for sure, but they're really solid um, and everything. Like the thing is, the DX seven is mono. Like I, I, I don't think I think it has zero effects at all, basically. So it's so it's like you know you've got to add your own like delay and reverb if that's what you want to do or whatever. Stereo mm. it up a bit maybe, but yeah, I still think you know these sounds are very much usable in in today's world, mate. Yeah. Okay. Um. And so and so in this in the original uh, article, I did my usual stick, mate, of making a techno bass sound with two operators using a one to modulate tother. Um, and doing a bit of fucking about with the ratio on the modulating oscillator to get a bit of a different timbre and doing a bit of an envelope on it so you get an effect where the the harmonics reduce over time or whatever so you go from a complex tone to a simple one like closing a filter it's your classic fm synthesis tutorial yeah yeah, I don't understand why people still don't understand FM synthesis. It's simple, guys. I've written about a million tutorials of it. You use one thing to modulate the other, and you then you change the, the ratio of the flipping modulating one, and it sounds different. And then you do an envelope on that one, and that makes it dynamic. That's literally it. Oh, and you can do uh, feedback on uh, some uh, operators as well. But that's it, basically. So what's new? What's in the second one? It, well, in the second one, mate, I decided to go as anoraki as they'd let me, and I did an analysis of the solid bass preset from the DX27. Now, James, do you know what a DX27 is? No, I don't actually. Well, the DX7 was enormously popular, as you're aware. Um, so naturally, Yamaha released a, like a load of spin-offs and follow-ups, and the DX7 is one of them. It came out in '85, so a couple of years later. It was a bit cheaper, and it's only four os uh, operators, so it's a bit more simplistic. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of its presets is Solid Bass, which, along with Lately Bass, which is a very similar preset from a rack mount FM thing they did a few years after that, which I can't remember the name of, TG... 18x or something um so yeah those those two bass noises were used uh prolifically in 80s and 90s pop music we're talking about the bass sound from uh, what is love by hadaway mate Ooh. and also saturday nights by wigfield is that bringing any bells for you two seminal bass sounds absolutely well it's it's the same bass sound really but uh, yeah well I, I mean tim there's there's nuance there that you uh, you might not want to cover but th those two songs have uh, been mixed completely differently and are also vital to western cultural tradition absolutely mate i couldn't agree more strongly with you um so do you want to know the secrets of the solid bass sound james <sighs> is it hard sync no, FM, no, 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 James. Tell me. The, the FM doesn't do hard sync. You should know this. 
What a terrible guess. Oh, God. Okay, so, and I, look, I can tell you're really invested in this, and I know it's entertaining to hear about FM algorithms being explained in voice format. What it is is you have your main voiced oscillator, a modulating oscillator, and then that modulating oscillator is modelled by another modulating mm. oscillator and another modulating oscillator that also feedbacks feeds back onto itself and all of these modulators are doing a very subtle modulation and they're not there's no like crazy tuning or anything that the the, uh, the first two oscillators are uh, uh are just tuned to 0.5 ratio so they're basically tuned down a semitone the others are about one one of them's detuned and the other one's got the feedback and those and those two two um two higher ones have got very short envelopes but it's that feedback that gives the solid bass patch it's really characteristic thing oh and doing the do by betty boo as well you <laughs> <laughs> the same bass sound, James. So, like, literally, if I haven't excited you about, and and you can download these um, DX twenty seven presets online, much like the DX seven ones. Um, if I haven't enticed you to check out these old FM presets by now, which you can do for free because you can download them off the interwebs and you can get decks for free. For the love of God, check them out because they are some classic sound design that you can really learn a lot from, I feel. It sounds pretty cool having modulating oscillators all the way down. It sounds... Uh, I'm not sure why it makes the bass so solid, but if it does, I'm not going to argue with it. Well, well, I tell you what, the solidity comes from the fact that with, with your FM synths, your digital FM synths, all the oscillators, they're always restarting at the start of the waveform, so you're getting a really consistent, solid yeah, sound. like hard sync. Well, no, 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 James, because with hard sync, it's restarting with every cycle of the waveform or whatever. Um. So that's, that's a bit different. Um, but hey, you do know what hard sync is, so I'm going to let you off. Um, so yeah, but it's the um, yeah, but it's the it's the punchiness that comes from the feedback and the solidity that comes from the low oscillators. And do you know what? If you t- if you turn up some of the modulation amounts, you can get some crazy techno bases. And if you take turn some of the um, modulating uh, operators off, you you can get a kind of uh, kind of convincing electric bass guitar tone, James. What do you think about that? So is that what you're going to use for all your basses through for the rest of time now? Just that patch, but with different uh, levels of uh, modulation through the different oscillators? Well, to be honest, I don't really use that sort of bass. In fact, I've never used the lately bass in a tune ever i don't think but i probably should because i do really like it and it would be an interesting challenge to see if i could um do a dnb tune um with it i mean the closest i can think of is raven i'm raven by shut up and dance does that track ring any bells no not at all do you know walking in memphis yeah it's a rave cover version with that um with the lyrics changed to be about drugs Right, yeah. That's, and it's uh, absolutely brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Not something I've ever heard or cared to. Well, it um it got to like number two in the charts and then it was deleted because they had done no <laughs> sample clearance or anything like that. So it's uh yeah, it was a bit of a bit of a, a bit of a thing, but uh, yeah. I've gotta say, massive respect to Shut Up and Dance. True, true legends. Um anyway, so yeah, so um yeah, and I probably will use FM8 to do my FM stuff because it's a lot simpler than Dext. Though I don't hate the look of Dext as much as I did. It's really intimidating at first. And even though I, I fancy myself of something as somebody somebody who knows how to program FM, uh, I found Dext off-putting. But once I did a bit of stuff with it, it's fine. But yeah, FM8's where it's at for FM, really. Okay, more adventures in FM. Successful for you, Timmy. Yeah, I want to make a bass noise that I like that's not an 808 sub. So yeah, I'll I'll see you in FM town, kiddies. Catch you there. So Timmy, baby, do you like plugins? Yeah, I love them, mate. (laughs) Can't get enough of them. Seriously, I can't get enough of them, yeah. Well, there is a new product. It is called MP MIDI, and it is a controller for your plugins, which consists of, well, I'm, I'm simplifying here. What it is, basically, is a massive screen and mm. a load of knobs down the left, top, bottom, and right of that screen. Physical knobs, Tim. Wowzers. The idea being that you host a plugin within this screen, and you can mm. see everything, and all the parameters should be, and I stress, should be, 
uh, assigned to all the knobs around the top, left, right, and bottom of mm. the screen. Hmm. How does that automatic assigning work? Is the is the controller doing something where it's like, okay, I know what this plugin is. Here's where the knobs go. Well, first of all, how it works in your door is that you load their plugin, uh, which is called MP Host. Yep. Uh, so you load that in your door, and then uh, the MP Host plugin will talk to the actual controller hardware. And then mm. within the MP Host plugin, you load one of your actual plugins because it's an MP Host, it's a plugin host. Yes, yes, I understand. Yes, 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 <laughs> come on. <laughs> come on, get to the good bit. And it appears on the screen, and it yes. should be auto mapped because. It does have, uh, well, basically, yeah, in theory, they can auto map it because it, the host will be able to see all the parameters that are available to it within the plugin. Oh, okay. So it's not a case where there are going to be these like things where someone has actually gone in and set it up for particular plugins. It's just going to spaff out all of each parameter, like when you open up your thingy in live and you can not just see all the MIDI parameters. Oh, not really? Not necessarily. Um, no, because the, they can go in and they can say before they've even sold the thing, okay, if someone loads this plugin, which is massive, which has the ID number, yes. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, 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 so yeah, 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 yeah. All it requires is a bit of uh, sort of pre-coding. You'd hope that MP MIDI, the company themselves, are going to do all that for almost all plugins that exist. Oh, there's millions of them, mate. There's millions of them. Whoop. Sound effects, explosions. I'm on board already. <laughs> Tell me what you see. Um, okay, I can see uh, it's it's got it up and everything. It's got a instance of massive on the screen, and there are a bunch of knobs around it. Oh look, he's got a bit of a starry backdrop, and he's using some kind of Voxengo thing there. Okay, we're hmm. back to massive. Um, a bunch of uh, so the physical knobs on the outside of the display have a bunch of different colours. They seem to, it seems to be grouped somehow. I don't know if that's happening automatically. Um, oh, we've got a bit of a spiral now and somebody's tweaking a knob around the edge and it's tweaking a knob so in the can, plugin. It seems like you can assign colors to the knobs or they can be pre-assigned. So that's at least one thing you can uh, have over them. I don't see how this is any less faff than just having a regular MIDI controller and assigning it in your door. Yeah, or having it auto-assigned by some sort of open-source project. Like, this is a screen with knobs around it, right? Yeah. And you already have a screen, not with exactly, knobs Exactly, yeah. Why it. am I paying for another screen? Yeah, you could put a load of knobs next to it if you want to mount your controller vertically. Okay. I mean, I guess maybe it's the integration that you're really getting when you get this. I don't know, man. It's pretty flipping integrated when you plug in a MIDI controller and you turn the knob and it does what you want. I yeah. mean, the thing is, the thing, okay, look, it's the pain in the ass. It's always going to be down to setting this shit up. I mean, it feels like we really need a standard or something. Do you know what I mean? That'd be nice. And uh, sort of MIDI 2 could have similar-ish sort of standard Oh, okay. But... Well, they'd be the people to do it, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess it's up to each develop, developer to sort of say, uh, here's my standard. But also that doesn't really apply to effects plugins because they don't necessarily use MIDI 2. But if the instruments are using MIDI 2, then maybe mm. people get on board with the... Uh, that kind of standard of, of labeling all your controllers and being allowed to be asked what controls you have and then eventually the effects guys will do it too maybe maybe i mean just compared to the elegance of mouse and keyboard this all seems like a nightmare and like the thing is it's nice to be able to tweak two knobs at once right but you can do that if you've got two knobs. You don't need a flipping screen with loads of different thingies on it and knobs yeah. and stuff. Uh, okay, how does this compare in your mind to something like the uh, Native Instruments NKS system? Um, the NKS system is good because uh, you can just get complete control and use it. You don't have to spaff a load of money. Mm. Um, and... Uh, and you could just, you know, search by the sort of thing that you want in the Complete Control plugin. Um, I mean, in terms of assigning stuff to MIDI controllers, I mean, I guess it does stuff. Like, the thing is, 
All these flipping NI mini controls, they got eight knobs. There's just fucking dozens upon dozens of knobs on That's plugins and everything. So I feel like what we need is some kind of interface that does a thing where maybe it has like little OLEDs that right. light up and say what each knob does. That would be nice. That feels like a good middle ground. That's, that's technically what Complete Control can do depending on your hardware, because it says right next that all the eight knobs are Yeah, right but loads of, but not just eight knobs. Yeah. You're looking at like 64 knobs or something, basically. I mean, I'm sure someone's made something like that as well, but there are going to be disadvantages to that. And can't we say at the end of the day, that yeah you can't create a hardware setup out of a bunch of software and we shouldn't even be trying no i think i think this i think this would be good like if you are a person who loves to do the knob tweaking then i mean it feels like it feels like there's a lot of room to to like have better stuff in this area like stuff that makes it easier but i just think it's for the for the amount of money that would have to be invested in it and you know it's just a lot easier to just assign a midi controller in your door do you know what i mean what what if it was way easier even still to sign assign a midi controller so you could just like hold a key modifier click a button and it's assigned immediately yeah i would yeah that would be that would be sick and like you know, I feel like that's something that a lot of people could would be able to access very easily because most people have got some kind of form of MIDI control with some yeah, on it, I, basically. I think that's a really nice compromise. And there's, there's stuff like uh, Ableton Push as well, where if you're using Ableton devices, it's a lot easier to get uh, control over them. Yeah, but I guess. This thing, having a massive uh, 1920 by 1080 monitor with 32 knobs no, around it's... it. Okay, here's the solution, buddy. What we're going to have is there's a door. You hover your mouse cursor over the knob you want to do. You press some kind of button. Yeah, you hold some modifier, turn the knob, and then it assigns it to whatever thing that was. And then if you want to tweak, say, a cutoff and a resonance, you assign both knobs, then you tweak away. And then the next time you want to tweak something, you just set it up again real quick or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, okay, let's, let's do it. It's time for Kickstarter. Okay, wicked. What's the product called? Off the uh, top of your dome. Uh, Super Faf. Yeah, I love it. I'm on board with it. Let's do it. The Super Faf MIDI controller coming soon to an Indiegogo Kickstarter near you. Wicked. This is year zero. Give us all your money. James, do you want to know about a thing that Beringer have done? Beringer, sorry. I hear there's been a, a screenshot. Uh, Fake product, <laughs> concept product, uh, yeah. floating about the internet. I've got it in front of me now. Uh, it's called Jam. It uh, appears to be some kind of fruit conserve, and ah. it looks delicious. Um, no, it actually looks a bit like a sort of machiner thing with a bunch of pads. Though unlike machiner, instead of being arranged in a kind of like square or rectangle, these are just in uh, rows of two. And there's a big screen. Mm. I heard MPC mentioned. Yes, there's a music radar story where they call it... They say, what appears to be a potential MPC-style standalone production or workstation. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it basically looks like an MPC slash machine, a slash push, slash sort of thing, basically. So what's, what's, the, what's the, the real quick skinny on this? Is this a clone of an MPC or is it their version of a sort of MPC-style thing, just like Machina is? Um, yeah, that sort of thing, basically. It looks like they've got their own sort of vibe going on. Just, you know, there's a bunch of sort of buttons for, like, meeting tracks and stuff. We should stress, though, this is not a real prod- product. And mm. the, what what it's all about is uh, Behringer have asked. So what it, where, let me tell you where it's appeared, James. Let me tell you about that. Oh, it's is it appeared... by any chance their Facebook page? Yeah, they've got some kind of special Facebook page for people. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, th- so it's, uh, hang on. It's a so they- new Facebook group devoted to DJing and production, right? And Behringer exhorts uh, the, the members to share, share all your ideas, no matter how crazy they may be. We fundamentally believe in giving everyone a voice without any fear, trolls or distractions. Which just seems to be trolling at this point. I'm sure you'd agree, mate. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah. That's basically what, uh, what music technology is these days, isn't it? 
yeah, it's a big troll fest. So uh, yeah, nice, nice one. Uh, I, I think it's, it's like it's like Berenger being a bit of um, like an abused dog, you know, like they're sort of just hiding behind the sofa, cowering and biting everyone who even comes to give it a treat. We, I mean, yeah, it seems like here they're being trolling or slash passive aggressive. Who knows? Basically, it's just ugly, dysfunctional uh, behaviour from yeah, a corporate it, entity. It seems they're sort of pissed off with everyone, uh, as they would say, hating on them uh, mm. because they're a very polarising company, and so they've probably chosen to start their own new Facebook group where just their fans can go and uh, be a bit of an echo chamber. Um, sure. I mean, I don't know how many hardcore Bonecher fans there are. Um, I think there are. For there me- are. There are plenty. Oh, really? And that's fine because they make cheap music software, and there's there's a lot of good things to be said about that. Sure, sure. I mean, to be honest, James, I'm more excited about this flipping uh, Monopoly clone they've announced. Have you seen that? Uh, I I saw it. Um, I think that was being rumored for a while. Is that the one that everyone was meant to guess or something? I don't know. I'm sick of their flipping merchandising stuff. They don't need to do all this merchandising, Faf. I mean, admittedly, we talk about this stuff, but we probably would anyway. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's just like a flipping, it's another clone, isn't it? Just keep making clones. It's wicked. Okay, so the do you call it Monopoly or Monopoly? I call it Monopoly. I think it's stupid to call it Monopoly. Uh, yes, I agree with you because it's monophonic, polyphonic. Yeah, exactly. It's not. Uh, it doesn't have a monopoly on synthesis. You don't have a monopoly on synthesis, James. No matter how much you might claim to. Oh, I'm sorry. So the NPC concept isn't really something that you give a shit about. You're more interested in the monopoly. Much more. Yeah. I mean, maybe they'll come out with a machine a clone, and maybe it'll have a thing where they've got a built-in store and they make loads of money selling like eight oh eight drum kits to people. But yeah, I'm not really bothered. Isn't this the problem that you're more excited when Behringer announce a and yet another clone of a synth that's already existed for a long time? Yeah. Than when they finally announce something new, which they occasionally do, and you wanna you wanna focus on the clone that uh, will be criticised and not on the new thing that they've done. I mean. Maybe this flipping NPC they like hypothetically make will be a world beater. Um, I very much doubt it. I don't really like using hardware that much. Uh, and to be, you know, I'm not going to use this Monopoly either in all likelihood. But uh, I like the idea of it more. It makes it makes me happy that people will be able people will be able to get uh, their hands on the Monopoly because it's it seems like it's a really cool synth, man. It seems yeah. to be this like this this is actually one of the analog synths. If I had enough, imagine James a crazy upside down topsy turvy world where I had the discretionary income to buy myself a synthesizer. Um, this might be the one that I plump for because it makes some really nice sounds. You know okay, what I'm saying? Tell me, tell me what you love about the Monopoly. Uh, right, here's the thing, bruv. It isn't just mono. It's poly as well. Um, I, or like, it, do you know what? The thing is, I mainly know it because I've got a, a, a sample pack of pads I don't know where it came from. I have no idea how I acquired this. Uh, <laughs> that were made on the Monopoly. They sound flipping great. Um, I have also uh, used the plug-in version, which doesn't sound as good as an analog synth, as you'd expect. Mm. Uh, and it's pretty old. Um, but I haven't done like an absolute time with it. I seem to remember it has some really nice modulation options. And just the oscillators and the filters sound nice, basically. Hence, hence the great sample pack of great pads. Yeah, exactly. Hey, can we quickly segue into talking about some other synths now? Is that all uh, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's keep going. Let's talk about um, Top 5 Friday vintage synths, James. Yes, I remember sort of um, putting this putting this together and doing the Top 5, and you, um, you, you then had to go and make a video about it, which is now made. Uh, so what did we get? So we got... So the first one was uh, WA Production, Imperfect, uh, not yeah. based on a real synth. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's it's a grey area as to whether it's a vintage synth emulation or not. I mean, it's certainly a virtual version of a vintage synth. Um, so, James, what did you think of Imperfect? Uh, I've never used it, but uh, when I was doing all my research, yeah. it was it, it's the kind of thing that someone should have uh, come up with a long time ago. 
intentionally fake old synth. I'm sure people have kind of got there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, in the usual WA production way, they've sort of tried to make it easy um, by putting sort of three sliders, and they are called Wacky cra- Cracky, Wacky Cracky and Shaky. Wacky Cracky and Shaky, my three brothers, yeah. And and I don't like how they've chosen to make it easier. I think uh, synthesis and music production should be should be made easier in a different way, rather than distilling multiple parameters into one. It should be uh, sort of a bit more obvious how they're affecting the sound. Do you know that's very interesting? You should say that, James, because I could take or leave those sliders. What I really liked about the synth was it had a really sensible, straightforward design. Mm. The like, because like, for I keep seeing all these synths, and I keep thinking, Jesus Christ! If you had to learn on that, it'd be a real pain in the ass. But with something like Imperfect, it's very logically laid out. You got your flipping two oscillators, filters, modulation sources. So few effects or whatever, bish bash bosh, real simple, you know, and some little tasty morsels like some FM and some ring modulation to keep things interesting. So, okay. um, yeah, I mean, it's not, I don't think it's the sort of synth that is aimed at me, but yeah, I really like the design. I want to see more nice designs like that. It was easy on the eyes, mate, I thought. Okay, that's good. Uh, moving on, you were doing good old Lush 101. Hell yeah! Um, every time I use Lush 101, I think, why am I not using this synth more? And I felt that more this time than ever. So I definitely want to start using it more. In fact, I put it in a project as recently as last night, mate. So Ooh. I am on, I'm on the I'm on, finally on the Lush 101 train. I mean, it's been out for years now, but uh, I'm really getting into it. And do you know what, mate? From playing with it, I think. I'd probably quite like an SH-101 or some kind of Behringer clone um, in real life, but not enough that I'd fork out any money for it. <laughs> okay. I think they sound, I think they sound wicked. They sound cool. They have like, they have the timbre of the lot of the, the music that I, you know, used to listen to. And they've got this small footprint, right? Yeah, yeah. They're not, yeah, yeah, totally. They're not like overblown and massive and everything. They're nice and small and convenient and stuff. And, you know, I think they're featured a lot in the sort of like, the sort of, like sort of, uh, you know, uh, kind of, you know, vaguely DIY British music. I like, you know, from from your kind of um, your, your your synth pop of the eighties or whatever to to your more ravey stuff or whatever. I feel like it's mm. been used in a lot of that stuff. So I probably I probably have a kind of unconscious connection to the sound already. I would say. Next was uh, Applied Acoustic Systems Ultra Analog VA three. Correct. Yeah, another one not actually based on a real synth, but we'll <laughs> we'll ignore that. Now, it's uh, so vintage you, have you synthesis. Pl- yeah, 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 yeah. So, have you played? Have you played uh, with any of these uh, uh, AAS uh, ultra analogs? Uh, no, but I, I I see them come up in the news a lot. I think because there's a lot of updates and sample packs, re- not sample packs, but e- expansions released for them. And uh, I'm a big fan of the oh, really? uh, physical mm, modeling okay. stuff, like Chromophone. I know you are, mate. I use Lounge Lizard on occasion um, as well. So we've we've both got our fingers in some AAS pies. Yes, yeah, definitely. I really like this synth, actually. I thought it was really cool. Um, it's it's slightly like the design is a little bit of a faff com- compared to the uh, 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 WA production one. Yeah, uh, but it's doing a lot more. And the thing is. Like on the on paper, it feels like a real basic bitch. I mean, it's like you've got a bunch of oscillators, you've got a bunch of wave shapes that you can't really do anything with at all. It's got like two or four voice unison, um, it re- and it really doesn't have loads in the way of like um, like modulation, like you know, crazy modulation stuff, or whatever. Stuff to you actually know what? change the sound a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like it doesn't doesn't seem to have like a load of crazy FM shit. I mean, I can't remember exactly what it's got, but nevertheless i found i got some really good sounds out of it and the thing about the unison detune is even in four voice it's pretty cool because the detune amount goes up to like an octave Hmm. and when you do that mate you're in old school dutch trance territory my friends (laughs) and that is somewhere that i like to be classic territory man yeah i do not i've been listening to a lot of old school trance recently mate and it's fucking banging. And I'm talking, and I'm not talking about the kind of vocal stuff. I'm talking about the the early 90s German and Dutch sort of stuff or whatever that was like uh, very tr- fast and trippy and kind of, you know, not not very, not vocally or anything like that. So I really enjoyed uh, playing with the Ultra Analog just for that, frankly. Yeah, 
No idea what you're talking about. Let's go on to Arturia's Mini V, which is their Mini Moog emulation. Yeah, um, it's pretty wicked, actually. I mean, I've spent a lot of time fanning around with uh, Mini Moog emulations. I think this one's probably my favourite, you know. Oh. I like how the glide sounds. Oh, glide is one of the best uh, aspects of any synth, in my uh, in my opinion. Yeah, I think they've done a really good job on the synth of getting that mini moogie glide thing. In the video, I look at how you can make some G-Funk leads. Mm. And surely even you, James, know what G-Funk is. Surely. Oh, God, God no, Tim. What, really? I have no idea. Some kind of funk. Oh, it's, yes, so we're talking... Oh, no, gangster oh my God. funk? That's, that's what it stands for. Oh, fantastic. James, well done. Um, okay. So, yes, Gangster Funk. So we're talking about, uh, and this would kind of really, like cover like the most the most uh, visible uh, practitioners of G-Funk would be kind of like Dr. Dre with his uh, The Chronic album and like Warren G with um, his, whatever his 1994 album was, you know. Um, so like, you know, oh, and Easy e as well. Um, uh, did did some of that stuff as well so so it's the kind of really sort of funk influenced smooth smooth funked out sounds and there would be a lot of mini moog style like high-pitched simple tone leads or whatever with loads of glide on and everything that people fucking love man so if you like that sort of sound i reckon the mini v is probably the best way to get it um the other thing about the mini v though is uh it's like it's like 150 euro or something on its own right mm. um when the whole Arturia Retro Bundle, whatever it's called, V Bundle, that v goes down to like V Collection. That's what it's called. It goes down to like two hundred and fifty quid when it's on sale. Yeah, and so it's like you'd be crazy not to get it because there's some corking stuff in there. Good to hear there's uh, corking because I love a bit of uh, cork sounds in my tunes. <laughs> yeah, well, I I don't like it when my synths have been corked. So uh, I have to sniff them quite a lot before I use them, basically. And finally, in that Top 5 Friday, there was Yuhi's Repro. No, there's more. There's another one, isn't there? Oh, no. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it was Repro. I was like, I was looking at this list and I was like, why the fuck isn't Diva in here? And then I realised that Repro was in there and it's by Yuhi. And we've yeah. done Diva a bunch of times. Um, I haven't properly played with Repro before. It's a, yeah, as you'd expect from Yuhi. It sounds fucking wicked. Um, I mean, I am. I wouldn't say that the profit so much has that kind of SH101 style. Uh, sort of, I have that sort of same fondness for the sounds. Hmm. Um, um, and again, again, they're not they're not crazily flexible synths, but you can use them to make some really nice sort of three dimensional sounds. The sounds that sort of sound real and physical, and I think that is if a synth can do that, then it's almost certainly going to come in handy. So yeah, it was very handy to get an NFR of it basically, and you get two synths based on these two different Dave Smith slash sequential circuits synths. So uh, yeah, good good bundle there, I reckon, James. Have you played with it at all? I haven't actually. It was one I I haven't ever really had the chance to. I mean, it's not that I didn't want to, because you know I know they are <laughs> two. I know they are two good synths, um, mm. and two synths that I would like to play with in virtual form. But I've I've just never had uh, much of an opportunity to. And there are other things I want to play with too. So it's not really. Uh, tell, tell me about it, buddy. It's not really getting to me. Let me let me segue yet again, James. Yeah. What are your favourite synths? Oh, man. Um, oh, I think that's... Oh, I don't know. That, that's got to be um, a question for another time, surely. Let me... Do you want me to No, no, no. Come on, come on. I know I've got you on the, sp I've got you on the spot now. Let come on. My, my plug okay, look. You get a free, okay, you get a free synth. Any synth in the world. What do you have? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm opening, I'm opening... Uh, oh god, you gotta you gotta load up a, a Google Doc to find out what stuff you like. No, no, I've gotta open up my door to remind me what stuff there is. I'm not, oh, I'm not okay, a okay. massive synth nerd, as you know. Okay, um, okay, but we okay, but like it, but it, I'm talking about it's been used in music that you like. Oh, okay. Oh, you mean like my favourite sort of classic uh synth that's been used in certain ways? Yeah, you can have any like hey. A synth that you like. What synth do you like the sound of? I don't know, man. I, oh, really, my God! You're I, so no, opaque. I, they're all great. <laughs> I, I can't choose. Like, <laughs> no, I can't do you know what? They are all great. They are all great. Like, I, I, I get the differences. You know, I know what's good at what mm. and what, what is of what time. 
But no, I'm, I don't think I can just say, yeah, that's the one. Um, okay, look. Okay, look, I'm going to make this real simple for you, James. Can you think of one synth part on a record that you've listened to and enjoyed? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I've, I've listened to Gary Newman in my time, Tim. Oh, yeah. Music for chameleons, am I right? Yeah. So, you know, there's plenty of classic stuff. And then you've got your DX7 stuff, mm-hmm. which is a whole different flavor, which you got to love as well. But I, I don't think I can just... Wow! Just choose. Well, you, thought, the only one, the only one you've actually said so far is DX7. So your favourite synth is the DX7, James. Well done. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Do you know what? it's a great synth? Um, I would love to have a play with one in real life to to work out how nightmarish it would have been to try and learn how to play it back <laughs> just, in the days. You know what I mean? Just to say, just to, to say you've been there, and you know. Just mm. to say you've been in the army and you've you've been in war and you can you can speak with some authority on how bad it was. Yeah, t- absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for your service. I'm uh, stealing valor all over the place. Um, can I segue yet again? Yeah, James? do it. Um, have you ever tried flipping Helm, the free, uh, free no. plugin synth? No, I haven't actually. I've been meaning to, and I am. I'll tell you what. I am about to do a roundup of uh, free synths. So okay. Helm is something I'm going to get on. Dext is something I'm going to get on, and they'll be uh-huh, plenty uh-huh. more, I'm sure. You're going to have a bit of Tyrell N6 in there. Yeah, yeah, driving down the M6 like nobody's <laughs> business. <laughs> um, yeah, Helm seems all right, you know. It's not at version one yet. Um, it's got some kind of cross mod thing for the uh, oscillators, though it okay. seems to like. So I don't. When people say cross mods, I mean I guess they mean ring mods. I couldn't be bothered to mean really, really thing. angry modulation. Yes, it's very cross. And the thing is, when you do cross mod, it only uses a sine wave rather than the actual sine wave. So it's kind of a little bit limited. Um, I mean, it's, yeah, it seems like you could get some tones out of it, whatever, mm. if you're looking for some new synth tones. doesn't seem to be the sort of thing I'm going to use a lot. Tell you what did, though. Um, I went back and I reappraised Noisemaker, James, by Tao. Ah, uh, yeah. Tao. Tally, tally. Tao. Good old Tal man. I flipping love Tal. Mi- Mr. Tally man. Yeah, Tally me bananas. That's the name of his new synth. It's a banana synth. <laughs> um, yeah, Tal Noisemaker. I didn't realise the flipping uh, LFO goes up to like 500 hertz. Yeah. So you use, you use that shit to do your flipping uh, filter modulation, baby. Mm. You're in a world of squelchy sound effects, mates. Yeah, you gotta love that stuff. There is, there's plenty. I'm, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna enjoy doing this free synths roundup as long as I don't get too bogged down in the many, many, many free synths that there are. How many, how many synths do you think it might be? Five? Uh, no, there is no, there is no limit. So it's basically up to me to think of what's uh, appropriate. So it can be a lot, it can be just a few. <sighs> Oh, God. Well, like, to be honest, I'm not as hot on free stuff as I was back in the day. But using my limited brain knowledge, I would say Tyrell N6, uh, Tal Noisemaker, Dext. Oh, that flipping Oberheim one? Do you know the one I'm chatting about? I don't think I know the one you're chatting about. There, there's a lot of great uh, there's a lot of great full bucket stuff as well. Um, they've cloned a lot. Full of, bucket? Yeah, he's cloned a lot of like old Korg stuff, and that's really good. I've used that before. Oh, what? I'll hook you up with it later, but we'll talk about it again when I've done that roundup. No, we're going to talk about this right goddamn now. How? What? He's got Monopoly on there. What no, the fuck? Sorry, Tim. Sorry, Tim. Whoa, hang on. This is this has suddenly nope. got slightly interesting. Nope. Okay, Sorry, okay, okay, never we'll mind. We'll talk about okay. it another week. No. Nope. <laughs> Okay, Tim, that's enough for another self-isolated fortnight. Uh, am I going to have to talk to you in the next two weeks at all? Uh, you don't have to, but hey, buddy, you need a little bit of uh, emotional assistance or moral support. You know I'm here for you, right, baby? No, oh, I know you're always here for me, Tim, always. Apart from on Wednesday evenings when I play Elder Scrolls and I become a level 23 wood elf. Man, you're going to make me start playing Elder Scrolls in order to talk to you. Oh, mate. Well, unfortunately, I'm on the PlayStation server, so you'd have to get a flipping PlayStation. Oh, Fine. 
If you see Grand Theft Auto 5 is free on the Epic Games Store, mate. Is so, it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's only on Windows, though. But hey, hey, listeners, if you've got Windows uh, and this has come out inside, why don't you grab a GTA 5? It's all right. Right, well, okay. Well, we'll, we'll talk to you in two weeks' time on this music production podcast. Yeah, 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 this, this video game podcast. Um, stay safe, stay sane, and uh, look after yourselves and each other. You know what I'm saying, James? Yeah, listen, also, to our special clams and uh, dedicated listeners, if you need anything, you should get in touch via our numerous social media or email or whatever thingies. We need help in these crazy times. I know this is like towards the end of the crazy times and we're only just saying it now. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that, mate. I think we're just getting started. If you need anything, if you're in some kind of clammy peril. Oh, God, clammy. Please let us know because uh, maybe we can help you out. Jake. James will come and do your shopping. Yeah. He'll do it for you. He'll give you he'll give you a foot rub. Maybe. <laughs> that and other foot rub news in two weeks' time. On that bombshell. See you later, clams. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>